um, the, the, the information at the point of purchase can be quite poor. So when you, the consumer, buy a seat, you go to try and fit it yourself, it's, it's most likely, or it's a, the statistics will tell us that there's a high probability you're going to make a mistake fitting the seat. Tip FM obituaries and weather next. Apply online for learner permit and driving licence services, including renewals, updates, exchanges and replacements. It's easy and hassle-free. Visit NDLS online today at ndls.rsa.ie. Verified MyGov ID required. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Tip FM has been informed of the following deaths. Edmund, Ned Brett, Tobiba, Mullinahone and Brett's Hardware. Requiem Mass in St. Michael's Church, Mullinahone at 12 noon today, followed by burial in St. Michael's Cemetery, Kilahi. House private this morning, please. Eileen Coman, Nice House, Coldfields, Two Mile Boris, Thurless. Requiem Mass at half 11 in St. James's Church, Two Mile Boris, with burial afterwards in Two Mile Boris Cemetery. House private, please. Jane O'Mara, Nikyo, for the Matthew Terrace, Clonmel. Requiem Mass at one o'clock in St. Peter and Paul's Church, followed by burial in St. Patrick's Cemetery. Sylvia Tierney, Nee Bentley, Church Street, Temple Moor. Requiem Mass at 12 noon in the Church of the Sacred Heart, Temple Moor, with interment in St. Joseph's Cemetery afterwards. Messages of condolence may be left at ejgray.com. James Kenny, Clementa, Barna, Woodsgift. Reposing at his residence from 4.30 until 7.30 this evening. Removal on Wednesday morning to St. Patrick's Church, Grain, arriving for Requiem Mass at 11 o'clock, with interment afterwards in the adjoining cemetery. Family encourage those attending James' funeral to wear their club colours. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, to Southeast Palliative Care. John O'Brien, Tanakilla, Caparoo, Nina. Proposing at Keller's Funeral Home Nina from 5 until 7pm this evening. Funeral arriving on Wednesday to Our Lady of Lourdes Church, Silvermines, for funeral mass at 12 noon, followed by burial in Kilmore Cemetery. House private. Jimmy O'Shea, Burke Street, Feathered, formerly of Quarter Cross, Kilusty, and St. Teresa's Nursing Home, Cashel. Reposing at McCarthy's Funeral Home, Feathered, from 5 o'clock this evening with the removal to the Church of the Sacred Heart, Kilusty, at 8 to arrive at half eight. Funeral Mass on Wednesday at 11 o'clock, followed by burial in the adjoining cemetery. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, to the Injured Jockeys Fund. Sadie Scally, Nee Madden, Cabra Thurless, formerly Lissatoni, Nina. Reposing in Hugh Ryan's funeral home, Slevenamon Road, Thurless, this evening from 5 to 7pm. Arriving at the Cathedral of the Assumption on Wednesday at half ten for Requiem Mass at 11 Burial afterwards in Holy Cross Abbey Cemetery. Family flowers only, donations if desired, to North Tipperary Hospice. Liam Slattery, Curtiogan, Ballycommon, Nina. Reposing at Ryan's Funeral Home, Nina, this evening from 5 o'clock to 7.30. Remains arriving at St Mary's Church, Carrig on Wednesday for Requiem Mass at half 11. Burial afterwards in Monsey Graveyard, Ballycommon. Family flowers only, donations in lieu of desired to the Milford Hospice Home Care Team. Dave Tynan, Willow Park, Clonmel. Reposing at O'Donoghue's Funeral Home, Kickham Street, Clonmel, this evening from 5 to 7 o'clock. Dave's funeral will arrive at St Peter and Paul's Church on Wednesday for Requiem Mass at 11, followed by burial 
in St. Patrick's Cemetery. Charles Ball, Money Goal. Reposing in Donovan's Funeral Home Money Goal on Wednesday evening from 6 to 8 o'clock. Service on Thursday in St. Joseph's Church Money Goal at 11 o'clock with cremation afterwards in Shannon Crematorium. Helen Dalton, Lee Murphy, Nocnapisha, Balalubi and formerly of Kinkora Terrace, Thurless. Reposing at her home on Wednesday evening from 5 to 8 o'clock. Helen's funeral cortege will be arriving to St. Kieran's Church, Balalubi on Thursday morning for 11.30 Mass. Burial afterwards in the adjoining cemetery. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, to the Friends of St. Theresa's Hospital, Cloheen, or V Valley or Care Daycare Centres. May they rest in peace. Live streaming details are available on tipfm.com. Tip FM weather. With Templemore Motors Toyota. Relax with a new service activated warranty. Extra peace of mind with every service. To find out more, call Templemore Motors 0504 31222. A blustery day with a mix of sunny spells and scattered showers. Some of those showers will be heavy and thundery at times. Top temperatures today of 10 to 12 degrees. At the moment, it's 9 degrees in Tip Town. That's your update for now. You can get more local stories via the Tip FM app or at tipfm.com. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. 1800-938-007, our free phone number. Now, if you would like to play our match three game in association with Stakedom's Home and Hardware and Stakedom's Expert Electrical, all you have to do is uh, text or WhatsApp, give us your details and put match three at the end of your correspondence with us and uh, we'll have a bit of a draw and we will call somebody back and give you the opportunity to play match three in just a while. So that's 83 Now, one week on from the failed attempt by the government to place 74 male international protection applicants in Cashel without any consultation with the local community, Cashel community activist Liam Brown is now calling on all local and national representatives to lobby the government to stop all new arrivals of refugees and international protection applicants into the country. And Liam joins me now. Good morning to you, Liam. Good morning, friends. Morning. And good to talk to you today. You are making that call right now. And I guess you would figure at this point you, you have the support of communities on this, Liam. I do, friend. Um as you said, it's it's one week on from last weekend. But I mean, this was something I had thought about for a long time beforehand. I, I have spoke about this on on the show with you before. Yeah. But last weekend, um, obviously, what happened in Cashel, the amount of calls, the amount of texts, the amount of messages I've gotten from all over the country, fan, has kind of shown that this is this is the way people are thinking all over the country, and in a lot of cases, are afraid to say it because they're afraid of being labelled with a pile of different names. You'll know them yourself. Yeah, and. You know, I think they're kind of saying to me, like, somebody has to say this. And, you know, I've often said to myself, you know, where Tipperary goes, the rest of the country follows. And it's it's now begun to, to filter through to national parliament. I mean, Matty has said this in national, in the Dáil. Michael Lowry uh, said it yesterday on the other radio station, Tipperary. They're beginning to talk about it. And it's, it's kites are being flown in the newspapers that Leo Bragtar is talking about it. But I think what we need is a proper discussion, N- not kite flying not putting things out there to see what the reaction is. I mean, 
we pay our leaders, we elect our leaders to lead, not to look for uh, guidance by newspapers or, or polls. And I think we, we know at this stage now, Fran, if we're starting to put people in tents up the country, if we're starting to put people into derelict buildings in Ireland, if we're looking for every tin house, outshed, outhouse and shed to put people into, well, then we've an issue. And there's actually no point in making that issue worse because it's not going to get better until we sit down and put a proper plan in place. But to deal with it. some politicians are still in denial about this. I mean, I'm not sure if you heard Aidan O'Reardon uh, of, of Labour coming out, and he, he said that immigration will not be an election issue next year, for example. He said it's not being politically debated around the country. And he said that members of the Oireachtas need to be called out if they're speaking out in this fashion. It, it, like, how, how removed from reality can you be? Well, not to put too fine a point on it, that's exactly why Labour are about 2% in the polls and the likelihood is that Labour will lose all their seats in the next election. Anybody who doesn't think that this is not, isn't being debated around the country is completely and utterly out of touch because this has been debated in every single household, every single town and village in the country. The problem is, is anybody who tries to debate it in public immediately gets called racist, they get called right-wing, mm. and they get called nimbies, and they're trying to be shut down. You know, you cannot shut down a debate if you don't have it in open view. I've always said this. If you don't have a debate in open view, it doesn't mean the debate's not happening. The debate is happening. And Aidan and any other politician who thinks that this debate isn't happening are in for a hell of a shock next June in local elections mm. and sometime next year in national elections. I mean, down, down in Rosslair, was it a thousand people I heard, Liam, uh, trying to try to make their way to that meeting down there? This is this is it. Look, fine. Um, 500 people turned up in Cashel last Sunday night yeah. at less than 24 hours notice. I can absolutely assure you, fine. If another meeting, if the same thing was going to happen next weekend, and we had four or five days' notice, you wouldn't have got up. You wouldn't have got up Canopy Street. Never mind get into the hall. And for clarity, you know, Liam, these are decent people. These aren't some sort of right wing. There was not. There was not a voice raised last weekend. Yeah. There wasn't a voice raised inside in the hall, and there wasn't a few people try to to store. Now, not not people on the street, but people with me in the background from national newspapers. And I do I do not like the the independent writing a headline like tension in Cashel at protest. There was no tension in Cashel at a protest. These are ordinary decent people from every walk of life, uh, from right across the different parts of the town and from outside the town. These are people who don't normally say anything much in public, Frank. Mm. But when they when they they felt that this was being imposed upon them, and this is exactly what it was. It was an imposition into a town without any consultation and without any care for the consequences. And we are looking around the country and the consequences of doing that in different villages and towns have been horrific in some cases. A lot of the stories, quite frankly, are being suppressed. For whatever reason, I don't know. I, I'm very surprised that RTE did not come down and cover this last weekend. But it's, it's, been, it's been suppressed, I think, at this stage because they realise that when you open up this debate, a lot of people will start talking who do not normally talk and they'll start making their voices heard. And it is frightening the life out of politicians. It's absolutely frightening. But it shouldn't, yeah. because these are the people who should be doing the leading. They should not have to wait until they fear for their seat or they fear for their expenses. And, and, and the makeup of that audience of the 500 people in Holland, the failure, would that have been cross-party in terms of who they would normally support, Liam? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, I, suppose, I suppose we shouldn't really be saying it, but most people will know... Uh, that a lot of people, they, they have their political background, you know, they have their familiar political background, and most people would know that. But it didn't matter what, it didn't matter what colour or creed you were politically, the people were at that meeting. And it didn't matter what colour, the, the support for the, the, the support for politicians wasn't based on their, their political colour or creed either. 
every single person simply wanted to know what the answers were. And they were very, they were left down, in a lot of cases, if we're actually honest, by politicians from across the board telling them that they didn't have answers. Now, that's not good enough. It simply isn't good enough. You cannot be, you cannot spend it, like, in the last budget, fine, and that's only four weeks ago, there was a sideline on the budget, which was barely covered in the newspaper afterwards, yes. that two and a half to four billion euro was being put aside yeah. Yeah. for Ukraine refugees. Now, there's about 100,000 Ukrainian refugees in the country. If you're putting aside 2.5 to 4 billion, that's between 25,000 and 40,000 per refugee. Now, in the name of God, Frank, you cannot put aside that amount of money and not have a proper discussion on it, not have a proper debate on it, because where is that money going to? I mean, who, who is getting that money? What services are being provided for that money? Because, I mean... Well, well, businesses who choose to house asylum seekers and refugees, they are benefiting now, aren't they? That, that's exactly it, Fran. And it, it was something that Maggie McGrath said in the doll, and I'll be a tiny bit careful because I'm certainly not going to mention any business, but there are developers now who are looking at the migrant situation, the refugee situation, as a cash cow. Yes. I said, I said last year that the Ukrainian refugee crisis was not going to be a six-month crisis. It was going to be at least a 10-year crisis. And there are now people with greedy eyes looking at this and thinking they can fill their pockets for the next 10 years if the government are going to continue to hand out money without any debate. And any time anybody tries to have a debate, it gets shut down immediately. But, Fran, that is money that should be put into the country for proper services. And let me get this clear. I am not one of these Irelanders full people. I'm not one of these people who do not think that we should look after refugees who genuinely need looking after. You know, there's 15 million people in the country of Holland. It's a third of our size. So there is room in Ireland. But you cannot bring people in to Ireland until the services are put in place first. Yeah, and we, we, we heard from Derry. I'm not sure if you had time to listen to the, the top of the programme. We were talking to Derek Russell up in Ross Grey, for example. And he was talking about people being intimidated, not because there was actual... Uh, you know, violence going on or anything, but just people gathering, asylum seekers and uh, Ukrainian people gathering in numbers, and that on its own is intimidating. And he was making the point there's nothing for them to do. Yes, it is. That's exactly the problem. And I'm going to be straight here. 90% of the calls I got in the this couple of days before the meeting last week were from women. Were from women and were families with young girls who felt that the, the, the ladies and the young girls would be intimidated. Fran, I know I know... It, it might sound funny, but if you had a bunch of Irish young fellas, 18, 19, hanging around the corner, there are people who'd be intimidated by it. Of course, us. of course. You know, I'd be intimidated we, we have, myself if there was a whole bunch of... Absolutely. We have an issue, we have an yeah. issue in Catholic mm-hmm. around the graveyard and people feeling For intimidated sure. going in there to the graveyard. Yeah. You know, so when groups of people gather, some people feel intimidated. Now, if you put 74 people into three houses, and remember, one of those houses was derelict, so I don't know where they were going to go into that house, with nothing to do, living in some cases possibly up to 10 to 12 to a room, all day long, unable to work, unable to, you know, we've, we've no idea what language problems they might have, we've no idea what uh, training problems they may have. Mental they health issues, whatever. Yeah. Men, yeah. You know, we're talking yeah. about people who potentially are coming from conflict situations. Yeah. Although in some of these cases, Fran, I think there's a certain amount of fake fake uh, news going on about some of the conflict situations are coming from because some of the countries have said there's no conflict there, and we know there's no conflict there, but yet they're claiming they're running away from a conflict. You have them coming out and sitting on the plaza from 9 o'clock in the morning till 12 o'clock at night, sometimes longer. People are going to be intimidated and people shouldn't have to fear that and they shouldn't have to fear it in silence. So when they got an opportunity to come out and say that, they came out and said it. So it's now the responsibility of our leaders 
to listen to those people because we're not listening to ordinary people. And Liam, ordinary... you, you're a great man to do a bit of research. Have you looked into this thing? Because I, I've been trying to look into it uh, lately. We, we keep hearing from politicians all oh, the obligations we have. But with the Treaty of Amsterdam, along with Denmark and Poland, we are not obliged we're not obliged, no. It, it's an opt-in situation. It's an opt-in. No, this, this, is, this is the sort of nonsense that went on. And, I mean, it, it was mentioned by one person at the meeting that, you know, under the Lisbon Treaty we had these obligations. No, we didn't. Ireland was one of, Ireland was one of, Ireland and Britain at the time when they were in Europe. And I'm trying to remember one other country went the full way with the Lisbon Treaty and pretty much opened up the borders immediately and completely. You know, we then had the, the Dublin Convention on Refugees, yes, yes. which says that a refugee should should seek asylum in the first country of the, where the first country they land in after they after they leave the country that they feel they're fearing. Now, you know, it's a long way from Albania to Georgia, and as far as I know, well, I'm pretty sure there's no direct flights and there's no direct boats. So people who end up in Ireland from these countries have definitely transited through probably five or six different countries before they ever land in Ireland. In a lot of cases, from they're landing in Ireland, we know without papers, but yet they're, they're embarking with papers and disembarking without papers. And we cannot continue to ignore that fact. And, and say, wh- when did the difference... I, I was looking back as well at 2015. I think Leo Varadkar was health minister at the time, Liam. And there was a big row in this country. It was around in this programme as well because we were only allowing in 4,000. Do you remember that, asylum seekers? At, at, yeah. at the time. Now, I was one of the people, I have to say, with my bleeding heart liberal sort of side to me. I was saying that's not enough because these people are genuinely coming from war-torn areas. Um, when did that all begin to change drastically? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. And, you know, I don't want to go down the road of, of, of conspiracy theorists with people trying to displace Irish people. But it seems that we have a situation in this country, and especially after Brexit, I think, that we're now trying to be the best boys in the class, that we now do not want to say no or boo or whatever to the EU. And I don't know, is that because of the discussions going on around the, the hard border in the north or a soft border in the north with, uh, with Britain after pulling out of, of the EU? So we're constantly trying to be the best boys, and we're constantly standing up and saying, oh, we have obligations. Like, let's be honest about it. It doesn't matter what obligations we have, Fran. If there is there's a problem with resources in the country, you cannot keep bringing extra people in and making the problem worse. Because what's that, what that's going to create is an awful lot of tension that is, I think, there and bubbling mm. and simmering away. But that, that was going to be my next question to you, Liam. If this is allowed to get out of control, and it's almost out of control, if, if not out of control, the result of that will be what? It'll be violence. Absolutely, and it's out of control in some places already, Fran. I mean, some of the videos I've been sent from Ross Gray are horrific. Some of the videos I've been sent from Clarny are, are horrific. And these are from people who are living in those areas and having to live with this issue. And I don't want to categorise it as a problem, but let's be honest about it, it is a problem. And it's going to be a... Because if you don't, if you don't address a problem when it's small, it'll simply get bigger. It'll get bigger. And you'll take a place like Cashel that 74 people are, are coming into. Who's to say that, you know, a business person with a property who thinks, well, look, there's some guy making a nice little cash cow here. Let's let's put another 74 people into cash. You know, and Clamel is about three times the size of cash. So surely Clamel, we can put three or four hundred into Clamel. We can put maybe a couple of hundred into Chip Town in Carrick and Shore. And nobody is saying stop. And we've got to say stop before that happens. Because what will happen is there will be violence. It's happening some, it's happened in some places. Up to now, it's it's low-level intimidation to begin with, then it becomes higher-level intimidation, and then it becomes trouble. 
and we do not have the resources to deal with that trouble. So why are we letting it happen in the first place? Yeah, I, I know that you had calls from Leitrim and Midlands, Dublin, Kildare, right right across uh, the country, mm-hmm. but I know that you had some people making contact with you from Ross Gray as well, and I'm just thinking ahead of the public meeting they're holding on, on Friday. Uh, this will be the elephant in the room there, because it's not on the agenda, but it will be the elephant in the room, will it not? That elephant will stomp right into the room from the beginning. It might not be on the agenda, but I can absolutely assure you that elephant will walk right into that room and it'll let itself be known very, very quickly. Because you've been hearing from people there. I've been hearing from people there and I've been looking at what's going on up there and we're now beginning to see our own politicians realise it themselves. Michael Lowry has has addressed it in the doll. Matthew McGrath has addressed it in the doll. I know know Martin Brown is listening to it from people in Ross Gray. I'm damn sure Alan Kelly has been listening to it and Jackie Kyle. Like... If they you see, Mar- Martin view. Brown has an issue because of the party line, does he not? Where, where Sinn Féin are concerned. That's Martin's issue. If that's Martin's issue, he's got to, he's got to decide, you know, where he stands on that. Like, But it didn't matter what politician was at the meeting last, last Sunday night. It, they all began to try along, along the party line to begin with, but they realised, as you said earlier on, that hall was filled with people from every creed and none. And nobody was taking that nonsense off any of the politicians. Like, you can you can... You can hold the party line yourself, but I'll give you something my dad said, and you know, you knew my dad, and I, did, I, did. He, I think he, I think he was a fairly astute politician. Yeah. You know, politics is not without people. At the end of the day, you look after your, you, you look after the people, and if you look after the people well enough, the people will look after you. But you cannot have people going off to Dublin, as they say, uh, to the doll and listening to the likes of the Adon O'Riordans and listening to the likes of the Bleeding Hearts telling you that this is this is what things should be in the perfect world. We all know what things which should, how should things should be in the perfect world. But the rest of us live in the real world, Frank. And we know what it's like in the real world and we know what it's like in smaller towns and villages. Were you were you, you cannot, called were you called names, by the way, Liam? Were, were uh, nobody nobody directly to my face. No, look right. Okay. I, 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 I have I have no issue with, with anybody calling me names. Yeah. I am very confident and very um Self, I'm sorry, conscious of where I stand myself. So I have, I, I've said this to you before. Me, and you, we, we've had our differences, and we, I've had differences with certain guests on, and we've all been able to talk amicably and leave it amicably. If anybody wants to debate, I'll debate with anybody. If somebody wants to call me names, it means they, they have no argument. You know, it, it, when you resort to an ad, an ad hominem attack, and the best you can do to debate me is to call me names, is to call me a racist, is to call me a right wing loon. First of all, they, they know very little about me. And second, I wouldn't be short and, and quick about putting them back in their box. Right. And just one final question, because this is put around the place all the time as well. The 500 people in Holland and Fela, Liam, was there any attempt by any unscrupulous group to infiltrate that in any way? Was there? No, there wasn't. And if there were, they would have been given short shrift. OK. Um, we were well, we had our eyes well peeled for anyone coming in to try and affect the meeting or trying to cause trouble, because I think that is happening across the country. We've seen it. Uh, we're not the, we're not that sort of people in Cashel. We know where we stand, and we're quite happy with our position. And if anybody tries to come in and attach themselves to our our, our case or our cause, we'll give them short shrift and run them for it quickly. We don't need outside help for this one. Cashel people look after themselves. All right, Liam. Great to talk to you today, and thanks very much indeed for your time, Liam. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank Frank. you. Bye bye to you now. That's Liam Brown, community activist there in Cashel. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie
And there it's on. Hope you can join me from three on drive time. We'll find out what's in the glove box. Also, we'll test your knowledge, what's happening globally and locally with our three at three. We'll have songs to get you through the afternoon on drive time. And we'll have more cash to give away as the answer remains the number seven. But what's the question? Hope you can join me from three. Owen Lonergan. Tip FM. With the TFI Go app from Transport for Ireland, paying your bus fare couldn't be easier. Simply buy your ticket on the app, tap to activate, show it to your driver and go. Fares are up to 30% cheaper than cash and you can save your payment details and favourite journeys for easy future purchases. Download the TFI Go app today and use on participating TFI services, including Bus Erin, TFI Local Link and Go Ahead Ireland Commuter, as well as participating commercial bus services. Visit transportforireland.ie for terms, conditions and more. Renault. Exceed all your expectations. Renault Megane E-Tech 100% electric with 220 horsepower, up to 450 kilometers range and an electric bonus. Renault will match the €3,500 government grant when you buy a new Megane E-Tech 100% electric. So save €7,000 on your new electric Megane today. Visit Kevin O'Leary Clonmel to find out more. T's and C's apply. See Renault.ie. Are you looking for the best place to get children's shoes? Young Gleason Shoes, William Street, Limerick can guarantee you a friendly professional measuring service. Our experienced team of trained fitters will ensure comfort and support for your child's developing feet. We will measure and recommend the correct style needed for your child, whether it's a pre-walker, first shoes, school shoe or runner. With brands such as Clark's, Geox, Superfit, Asics and Lely Kelly, there's something to suit everyone. Young Gleason Shoes, a family business for families. It's Black Friday sale time once again and it starts early this year at Arrowmount Furniture Nina. Discounts of up to 70% and more right throughout the store for four days only until Sunday. Living room suites, bedroom furniture, tables and chairs, lamps, pictures, rugs and occasional furniture all reduced for four days of incredible value. So get to Arrowmount Furniture Nina Retail Park Limerick Road Nina for the Black Friday sale for four days only until Sunday. Open 7 Days, Sunday 1.30 to 5.30. See aramount.ie. Do you think about your legacy and what you want to leave behind? You know, I've had a great life. My childhood was filled with love and support. But not every child is that fortunate. Many face poverty and adversity on a daily basis. So I'm leaving Bernardo's Ireland a gift in my will to pass on the chance of a brighter future to these children. Visit bernardos.ie forward slash pass it on to get involved and make a difference. Make Christmas for everyone at Dunn Stores with an indulgent box of chocolates like Nestle Black Magic and Cadbury Milk Tray, just €4.99 each. Or choose from a great selection of soft drink 24 can packs like 7up and Club Orange, only €11 each. Plus, with a 10 or 50 grocery voucher, you save even more. Dunn Stores. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next grocery shop of 50 euro or more. Tip today 
with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. All right, many people on uh, congratulating Liam Brown on uh, his piece with me uh, this morning. Uh, one person saying, well informed, great speaker. If he was so inclined, he should run as an independent himself. Well, there you go. Somebody else saying, shocking disregard for the will of the Irish people and local communities. We no longer have democracy. It's slowly turning into a three-party dictatorship. Animal Farm, the book, comes to mind. Somebody else saying, Matthew McGrath has been calling uh, this out for almost two years and has been called racist and far-right, even by his other... Uh, Aractus colleagues, particularly Senator Ahern, we have to be able to debate these matters that are of huge importance, it says here. That's into us on 083 311 Let's do this. Tip FM's Match 3 game. Tip FM's Match 3 game. With Stakelum's Home and Hardware and expert electrical at Racecourse Road, Thurless. Stakelum's.ie. Oh, the excitement. Let's go to Josie and Thurless. Josie, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you today, Josie? I'm fine, Fran, thank you. Very good. Are you brimming with confidence about this, Josie? Not, well, not really, no. <laughs> not really, all right. Well, you know the story well at this point. Uh, that you I have do, to, I do. You have to pick a box between 1 and 90. By the way, if the box is empty, in other words, if that prize has been won, I'll give you another opportunity to pick another oh, number at that great. point. Is that, is that okay? That'd all be right. great. So the first box that you'd like me to open is what? Number 10. Number 10. Let's have a look at number 10. Now, it's a Ninja Air Fryer, I'm assured, and that's to the value of just under €160. So it's a nice one. Okay. So another box for me now, Josie. Number 18. Number 18. Let's open that box and let's see what's in there. Oh, you're doing well. It's another Ninja Air Fryer. Now, you know the story. You have to match three. So pick another box for me. Number 70. Number 70. Let us have a look in number 70 and let's see what the story is there. Ah, Josie, you just missed out. It is an air fryer, but it's a different air fryer. It's a Russell Hobbs air fryer to the value of 130 euros. So I'm sorry you didn't win, Josie. That's okay, Fran. So I'm sorry, but will you you play, play the game with me again? again, Fran. That's no problem. And listen out throughout the day, won't you? Because you'll have other opportunities to see what's in the various boxes. Do you want to say hello to anybody, Josie? Oh, I'd love to say hello there to my family, Mary, my daughter Mary, and my um, son Lance, and my son James. And also for my husband, Jimmy. Very good indeed. And all my neighbours there around. Lovely to talk to you. I hear the dogs barking there in the background. Are they yours, Josie? He's mad to get in, but I, I put him out while I'd be on the radio. <laughs> I said, just in case. Well, tell him we heard him anyway. Look after yourself, Josie. Thank you, Fran. Thanks very much. Thank That's very Josie much. and Thurlis today playing our match three. And, of course, Stephen will give you an opportunity to do that in just a little while as well. Tip FM's match three game. Unwrap an early Christmas present from Stakelum's Home and Hardware and Stakelum's Expert Electrical at Racecourse Road, Thurlis. Shop online at stakelum.ie. Match three, win the prize. Tip FM. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie
This Christmas, unwrap the joy of shopping at the Showground Shopping Centre Clonmel. With over 20 stores including M&S and TK Maxx and there's free parking. The Showground Shopping Centre Clonmel. Want something to smile about? Here at Bow Dental Clinic Nina, our team of local experts are waiting to help you achieve just that. Our comfortable and modern clinic offers everything from general dentistry, cosmetic, hygienist, surgical, implants, dentures and composite bonding. Pop in to our friendly team of dentists to discuss your options. For more information or to book online, see bowdentalclinic.ie or call us on 067 32111. Trust us to make you smile. An emotion stirred. An idea accelerated. That's progress you can feel. And the very definition of the Audi 241 range. From the sporty iconic Audi A4 and the all-electric Audi Q4 e-tron to the pioneering Audi Q8 e-tron, offering greater range than you can even imagine. Test drive the Audi 241 range at an Audi dealer near you today. I trust my kids. I trust my instinct. I trust my doctor to look after me. I trust my pharmacist to give me the best advice. I trust my pharmacist when they recommend a generic medicine from Clonmel Healthcare. I trust they're more affordable. And because Clonmel Healthcare has looked after Irish families for 40 years, I trust they look after me too. Ask for a generic medicine from Clonmel Healthcare, looking after you and yours since 1970. Minogue Furniture Ross Cray, the stock clearance sale you do not want to miss. Starts this Thursday. Huge discounts over four days. Minogue Furniture Ross Cray. Prices slashed, everything reduced. Beds, sofas, dining and much more. Minogue Furniture Ross Cray. Four day stock clearance from this Thursday. Amazing deals. End Sunday 6pm. This Saturday, November 18th, Andrew Luby will be getting into the Christmas season when Tip FM will broadcast the Saturday show live from a very festive Stakelum's Home and Hardware Thurless. There'll be great offers on the day and lots of activities for all the family, including Christmas barbecue demo, wreath and garland decorating, face painting, colouring and storytelling for the kids. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas at Stakelum's Home and Hardware this Saturday with Andrew live from 11 Till two. <laughs> Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. So I'm now to talk global politics, and I'm glad to be joined by our own Thomas Conway. Good morning to you, Thomas. Good morning, and, uh, Fran. Good to see you today. And uh, we're going to have a look at what's happening between Israel and Hamas, or the Palestinian uh, issues at uh, the moment. Um, Peace, it appears that it's out of reach for now, Thomas, is that is that Peace, uh, it would seem that way, Fran. It would seem that way. Look, it is a desperate situation. What is happening in Gaza now is, is unconscionable, really. I mean, uh, Israeli airstrikes, bombardment of, of the territory, calls from international leaders, various international leaders for a humanitarian ceasefire. There is still an argument against the ceasefire. There is still the argument there that it would allow Hamas time to regroup and kind of recalibrate and restock its supplies and could therefore be counterproductive. But I think now we had President Emmanuel Macron out at the weekend uh, stating his desire for a ceasefire. I think there is growing pressure on Israel uh, 
to 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 simmer yes. or to to have some kind of detente. But for for pressure to be effective, it would have to come from the Americans, wouldn't it? It would have to come from external forces. Yeah. Is, is there any change in that narrative there? There's a dynamic there between the Israelis and the Americans. I mean, we we saw Anthony Blinken yeah. throughout the Middle East in his visits. We saw him push. Uh, push our American support for Israel and condemn, of course, the brutal attacks of, of September or of, of October seventh. Uh, but there was there was an underlying tone of, uh, you know, you can't we can't allow these civilian ca- civilian casualties to continue to this extent. And I think that has been the line from the United States. I think that is the way they are approaching this issue now. I think Joe Biden will become increasingly vocal in the coming days and and weeks in terms of uh, reducing the level of civilian civilian casualties. I mean, Israel has Israel has rights or has obligations here. It has obligations to adhere to humanitarian law, to international law that it has to fulfil. And at this point, it looks like that's not happening. I'm looking at the the images and the figures coming out of Al Shifa Hospital yes. in yeah. Gaza, and you know it would bring tears to your Wouldn't eyes. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that isn't to undermine the brutality of Hamas as an organisation and how how dangerous they are, because ultimately. Ultimately, I think for peace to be achieved in Gaza, Hamas will have to be thrown out of power. I think that in the long run. But even if that were to happen and Israel wants to to take over security of Gaza, will there not be a great bitterness among the, the Palestinian people? And will that create a void in which some other form of Hamas will evolve? That is the point. And I think the point there is that Israel must not be the only country to take control of Gaza for the day after for that day let's just say let's let's assume Hamas is eventually beaten down and weakened by Israel and eventually we come to a situation whereby the territory needs new governance i think at that stage a coalition of perhaps arab states i'm thinking of the likes of saudi arabia qatar maybe even the uh, the usa uh, to row in behind the people of Gaza yes. and put in place an administration so that there is a plan there for the day after so that we're not left in a situation like we had in Iraq and Afghanistan some years ago when Saddam Hussein fell and suddenly there was a power vacuum uh, and that led to all sorts of brutal atrocities uh, and a dire situation for all. And what about Mahmoud uh, Abbas? I mean, is there a credibility issue there because he hasn't held elections, for example? Example. I mean, is his credibility in... He seems to have been sidelined. I mean, he is there. He For, for those who aren't familiar, Mahmoud Abbas is the president of the Palestinian Authority, which operates the West Bank, uh, another territory of, of Palestinian Palestinian uh, people beside Israel. He seems to have been largely ignored. I know Arthon Shemihol Martin is going out with the intention of meeting him this week. I'm not sure how much power or influence he has. All the opinion polls seem to suggest that he is... He is unpopular, to say the least, that he just doesn't have the degree of control or the degree of respect that you would assume any political leader in in that part of the world should have. And Netanyahu then, I mean, is he going to play, pay any price for what happen, uh, happened on the 7th of October? Because, I mean, we spoke in the past, Thomas, about that intelligence disaster that disaster. allowed that uh, terrorist attack to happen. W- would he pay any price for this? I think he will have to. I think he will have to. I think you have many people in Israel advocating that the sooner Netanyahu gets out of here, the better, because blood is on his hands. He was Prime Minister 
ultimately the book stops with him and he was the man in power when these attacks occurred. So I think in the long run, uh, Netanyahu's career is going to be shortened. I think he will have to step down. For the moment, he is in charge of the unity government. He's in charge of the war cabinet and it will remain that way. How long? I'm not sure. I can't predict it. Uh, but I suspect it won't be longer than uh, than a year. For as long as it takes to to gain control of Gaza, to, to get Hamas out of the territory or to break Hamas down, uh, he may stay in power. But beyond that... I do not see Benjamin Netanyahu having a future in Israeli politics. I think the, these events were just too catastrophic, too, uh, too damaging to him, to his legacy, to his reputation for him to be able to stay in power. It's, uh, I mean, you know, if it wasn't so tragic, it's fascinating to, to, to watch the power play where, where this is concerned. But in the meantime, we can just expect more vicious, vicious fighting. I, I think we can expect more of the same from both sides. I mean, Israel is continuing to bombard Gaza. Hamas is continuing to fire rockets back, it should be said. So, you know, both sides are at it. Mm. But obviously, the situation at Al-Shifa Hospital and the hospitals in Gaza is of the utmost concern. I think that is really what is worrying international leaders and international commentators. They are looking at the scenes emanating from from the lights of Al-Shifa Hospital uh, and it just can't be allowed to go on. We just cannot allow that level of suffering. And just finally, Iran. Iran has a role in this. Iran is obviously an external player here, but its influence is not to be underestimated. It has an influence on Hezbollah, the uh, Lebanese militant organisation to the north of Israel. Uh, Iran equips them with weapons. Iran also equips Hamas with weapons. And Iran is its a belligerent actor in the Middle East. It will do anything to provoke instability there and this plays exactly into its hands this is mm. this is the perfect storm you for know, I was, them I was reading this morning I'm sure, sure you did as well that um, America are now releasing more billions to Iran I'm just wondering is that some appeasement or something is that I, I, I would think so I would think there is probably a fear there there's a fear there that Iran will embroil itself further in this in this conflict and provoke more hostility provoke more unrest but it's a really difficult one I mean Iran has had its own problems of course its own social problems what mass protests against the government last year but it has retained power it is still an authoritarian dictatorship and it's a dangerous one it's a rogue state Fran it's an international pariah it's it's all a powder cake isn't it it is really really. is indeed and uh, speaking of which can we talk a little bit about US politics and it's an interesting one you're bringing forward today because we're going to have a look at the possibility of what a second Donald Trump term would look yeah. like. Thomas. I don't think there's any predicting it. There are so many possibilities when you think of this. But yeah, so like he's, he's, he's well ahead in the opinion polls, continues to lead the Republican nomination. There was another Republican debate last week, largely ignored by the media here because it's basically irrelevant. Trump is leading so by so much in the polls that he looks a shoe-in for the Republican nomination. Whether he can defeat Joe Biden remains to be seen, but let's just say he does. Let's say he comes to power and he secures another White House term. What kind of chaos and what kind of situation mm. would that lead to? Well, last time round, it was total chaos when he entered the, the White House. There was consternation. Yes. There was consternation. I think he was shocked himself. Mm. I remember the images appearing on, on election night and he looked... He looks shell-shocked. I think this time, were Trump to win, his team around him will come at it with a very different approach, with a detailed plan in mind. And anything I've read suggests that 
his advisors have really gone into this in depth, that they've put in place mechanisms and put in place arrangements that will ensure that he can get the job done, that he can tackle the areas that he likes to tackle. Uh, tax mm. cuts, for example, uh, the border wall, border funding, things like that, that it won't be just sound bites. And some of the more fantastic uh, ideas that he has as well. What, what are we talking about there? There are all sorts. There are all sorts of plans. He has all sorts of plans uh, in the works. I mean, the banning of, of Muslim citizens, that we, we take it back to that court case uh, post-2016, yeah. that's in there. Uh, he has all these kind of bizarre plans to revive the American economy. Uh, there are a lot of different, a lot of different. Uh, will, will you tell us about what he wants to do with the homeless people, for example? Yeah, housing the homeless people in in, in tents outside in, of cities, is it? In tents outside of a city, basically getting them out of the urban areas uh, and housing them in tents inside of cities, just to clean up the urban areas. I mean, it, some will call it fantastical. Others, others will say it is cruel. Uh, what he plans to do. But it's a really, it's a really unusual scenario, I think, because Donald Trump, Donald Trump is a man who, who is capable of anything. He is capable of wheeling out any policy at any time. So mm. no matter how much you plan or how much detail you put into his plans, he is always likely to be a loose cannon. He is likely to go his own way and suggest policy proposals that... And, and so far this morning, we mentioned the powder keg of the Middle East. We mentioned Iran. Now, if we take, and we're all hypothetical of course, if we put Donald Trump as president into that mix now. Yeah, now he has said... Where are we then? He has said he will solve the peace process. He he did put yeah. forward a plan to solve the Israeli-Palestinian pro, uh, conflict when he was president mm. during his first term. It was heavily weighted towards the Israeli side and it was therefore rejected. It was seen as non-viable. Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, was the main architect of that plan. He was responsible for much of it. Uh, so it looks like he will come down very strongly in favour of Israel. Likewise, the war between Russia and Ukraine. He said he'll solve that in a day. 24 hours. 24 hours is all he needs. 24 hours is all he needs to get around the negotiating table. I mean, he, he makes many of these crises seem farcical. Now, at the same time, at the same time, because Trump is so open to ideas and because he's so surprisingly, uh, let's just say, he's capable of anything, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. So there may be an element there that he may be able to, uh, I won't say solve certain crises, but maybe bring a new perspective to certain situations. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. You're shaking your head there. And no, but I, 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 as you say, I just, I just don't know. I just nobody don't know. does. But, but Biden certainly plays into his hand all of the time with some of what's happening there. Yeah, with that, yeah. that administration. It's going to be interesting. Is it a real possibility, Thomas? It's a real viable possibility if you look at the opinion polls now. Now, I mean, Trump is in court at the moment. He's testifying in the civil fraud case. Uh, he's really, he's under pressure at this present moment of time. But all the polls would suggest that he's leading. Uh, he's almost leading Joe Biden in certain scenarios. There is every possibility there. There is every possibility. And it is going to be Joe Biden that he runs against. I don't see any Democratic candidate emerging. I think the Democratic Party has coalesced around Biden at this stage. So it looks like it's going to be him. So it will be tight. It will be tense. Uh, 
but there is every prospect that we could have another Trump term in the White House. Wow. We ask you to have a look at uh, a historical figure or a political figure every week for us. Uh, this time you're going to look at a, a woman that fascinates me, to be honest with you, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, tell, tell us about her. Yeah, recently retired Nicola Sturgeon. People will be very familiar with her. Former First Minister of Scotland retired amidst a, a kind of a scandal yeah. earlier earlier in the well, year. Her, her husband. Uh, her husband, Peter that, yeah. Morell, involved in various dealings to do with the SNP, the Scottish National Party, uh, and she was implicated in them. But she had what could be described as an illustrious political career. Uh, she took over from Alex Salmon, the former SNP leader, after the failed Scottish independence referendum in 2014. Mm. And some would say she has done more for Scottish independence than, than mm. any other figure. She, than, she held several portfolios, didn't she? She held several like, ministerial yeah. portfolios. Yeah. She was born in Ayrshire. She's a law graduate of the University of Glasgow, worked as a solicitor in Glasgow before her election to the Scottish Parliament in 1999. She was Shadow Minister for Health, Education and Justice. Uh, she she entered the leadership of the SNP, but later, later withdrew in favour of Alex Salmond, the, uh, her predecessor in the role. So she served under under him and by all accounts did a very good job under him uh, you know what was I think to the forefront with a lot of the SNP's flagship policies and this was a period in which the SNP was gradually gaining in traction mm. was gradually gradually gaining in popularity and eclipsing parties like the Conservatives and Labour in Scotland uh, such was their degree of popularity there uh, but she would eventually take over the reins as leader after the independence referendum in 2014 and it was her kind of vitality and her vigour that really pushed forward the notion of Scottish independence. She had, you know, she had massive figures in the polls. The polls uh, voted very strongly in favour of her. Uh, she was hugely popular. She was also very controversial though and she wasn't afraid to put her foot in it. She wasn't afraid to say say what she felt to challenge the British government on issues such as independence. Uh, the SNP mm. continued to enjoy electoral success throughout her time. So electorally... And, and there was a plan for another vote, was there not? There was a plan for another but vote. was that in, shot down in the House of Commons, was that? It fell to the wayside. The yeah. House of Commons wasn't prepared to permit it. Yes. Uh, the various cabinets there uh, during the time I think it was Theresa May at the mm. time uh, and uh, there has been recent recent soundings that maybe we'll have another Scottish independence referendum that has kind of been uh, dismissed if you like by the lights of Rishi Sunak by the lights of those in power down in uh, down in in Whitehall mm. down in Westminster and as you say she resigned then in the midst of that that that's a scandal and what of her now Thomas she's kind of hovering in the background I haven't seen much of her I haven't seen her really engaged herself in politics that much. She's said to be living a quiet life, uh, quiet life away from the political scene, but I'm not entirely sure she's finished. She acknowledged, of course, she did acknowledge that she had brought the movement for Scottish independence to a certain point and that she could not bring it any further, that it needed a fresh pair of pants. The man in charge now is a guy called Humza Youssef. Uh, he's... The first, uh, she, he's of, of Hindu descent, he's of Indian origin, which is great for itself, great for the SNP. We have, you know, Rishi Sunak in power in, in the south mm. and obviously Youssef in, in Scotland. But 
it remains to be seen whether he'll be a man who is able to deliver Scottish independence. It'll be I, very interesting. What do you make of Dem- uh, David Cameron uh, coming back? Yeah, as, amazing uh, development yesterday. I was, UK. I had my eyes glued to it yesterday. <laughs> really couldn't believe it. I, I, I was astonished. Taking everybody by storm. Taking huh? everybody by storm. But when you look at it, Fran, I think he's probably a safe pair of hands. Albeit he made the catastrophic mistake that was the Brexit referendum, yeah. a real error and a fatal error in terms of his own prime ministerial well, career. Why, why choose him? Is it because he would still know uh, the main actors involved? I think in so. And I think affairs, he is, yeah. broadly speaking, he's respected. He's respected amongst the international community. He's seen as a man of integrity, a man of principle and a man who, who is kind of capable of bringing his own style to, to both the, the war in Russia and the war in Israel, or the war in Hamas Gaza at this It'll point. It would be, be very interesting indeed. Almost out of time, of course, as uh, usual. But uh, quickly, if we just have a look at what we can look forward to in the week ahead. Thomas. Yeah, well, Spain's Presi- or President Pedro Sanchez has secured a deal to stay in power. He was working with the uh, the Cat- Catalonian Party, Independence Party, yes. to try and force some sort of a deal there. He has managed to get that through. So he is safe for the time being. He's safe, safely ensconced in uh, the uh, as as Prime Minister of Spain, uh, as well as that Germany's never-ending migration crisis, Olaf Scholz getting desperate at this stage. Less than two years left in his first term, and his government is struggling to cope with more than a seventy percent rise in asylum applications wow. so far in 2023. So the famously subdued German Chancellor has resorted to. Hyperbole. He doesn't want to use big words, but he says this is a crisis that needs to be solved and needs to be solved quickly. And it is. There is a serious uh, asylum crisis in Germany. Uh, it is brewing. Anti-Semitism is brewing in some parts of the country. There are serious problems there. They need to look at the situation in depth and in detail. And finally, a guy called Franz Timmermans. He's a, a former EU politician who is now standing for election as Dutch Prime Minister. We had the former Prime Minister, Mark Rutte. He is stepping down after years in charge. This guy, Timmermans, is is an interesting guy. Uh, He's kind of a flamboyant character, colourful character. Uh, They reckon he might be odds on to have a shot at the Prime Minister Prime Ministerial role, so keep an eye on him. He's one, he's one that might feature in, right. in the Thomas, days. Thomas, weeks Thomas, always informative and always a pleasure. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Thomas. Fran. Thank you. That's our own Thomas Conway there. Uh, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on! You can't beat experience with over fifty years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans. We like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. Oh six seven two four one 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 or slatterysgarage.ie. What's the point in blending in? Be bold. Choose to stand out in the new Toyota CHR Hybrid Electric. Built using more sustainable materials with fifth-generation hybrid electric technology. Fresh style and outstanding design that leaves ordinary behind. The all-new Toyota CHR. Order today for January delivery. Toyota. Built for a better world. They're 100% fresh, they're 100% Irish, and Supermax fresh chicken tenders are 100% delicious. But don't take my word for it. Get down to a Supermax and try some. Go on, you know you want to. Supermax serves 100% Irish chicken, always fresh, never frozen, and none of our competitors can say that. Tasty and tempting food at Supermax. Apply online for learner permit and driving license services, including renewals, Updates, exchanges and replacements. 
It's easy and hassle-free. Visit NDLS online today at ndls.rsa.ie. Verified MyGov ID required. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Go full Lidl for our biggest ski event ever. Offers in store now while stocks last. Get peak savings on adult ski trousers and jackets, two for 50 euro. Ladies and men's base layers, two for just 22 euro. Snow way. And don't get cold feet with ladies and men's winter sports socks, two for eight euro. Go on, shop without compromise. Go full Lidl today. Do you need help to make a healthcare complaint? Contact the Patient Advocacy Service. We are free, independent and confidential. We can support you through the complaints process for public acute hospitals and nursing homes across Ireland. Call us on 0818 293 003 or visit patientadvocacyservice.ie. TFI Local Link operate over 1,300 door-to-door bus services nationwide. If you live on or near one of the routes, just pre-book the day before you travel. Simple. Then off you pop from your front door, off to the shops, off to training or even off to the chipper. And fares now cost 20% less. Find the door-to-door bus routes in your area on transportforireland.ie. If you're on our route, we're on our way. TFI Local Link is part of the Transport for Ireland network. The Euromillions jackpot is an estimated 40 million euro. Play responsibly in-store, in-app or at lottery.ie. The National Lottery. It could be you. It's 10 degrees today in Tipperary. A perfect reminder to check out how SEAI can help you start your home energy upgrade journey with government grants. Visit seai.ie for more. We've got Dear Phil on the way, but right now it's 11 and Pat Murphy is at the news desk. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Fran. A Tipperary county councillor says unless someone can come up with something to replace the millions of euro that the National Coursing Festival brings to Clonmel, then Coursing is here to stay. Sinn Féin's Davy Dunn says his party's decision not to call for an outright ban on coursing and other rural sports was the right one. The Carrigan-Shure councillor attended the Sinn Féin or their Athlone over the weekend, where a number of motions in relation to coursing, hunting, shooting and fishing were down for debate. The chair of the NUJ Dublin Broadcasting Branch says there are real fears among staff about job losses at RTE. The National Broadcaster has told the government that it will reduce staff numbers by 20% or 400 people over a four-year period. A new strategic plan has also acknowledged that RTE must progressively reduce costs and overheads. The first nine months of this year have seen a record number of houses built in County Tipperary. That's according to the CSO, who say there were 379 new homes finished by the end of September. The latest figures show an increase of nearly 50% on the same period last year, when 254 were completed. Not all car seats are suitable for all types of cars, is the warning coming from the Road Safety Authority. If a child's car seat isn't fitted correctly, it could lead to a serious or fatal injury in the event of a collision. There's a team from the RSA that will check yours for free in the car park at Aldi in Clonmel today until 5.30 this evening, as well as at Tesco on the Limerick Road in Tiptown tomorrow and Tesco in Cashel on Thursday. Tip FM Sports and Weather's next. As Ireland's newest energy supplier, what are you know energy bringing to the party? For starters, an app that lets you see how much energy you're using so you know where to cut down and save. And on top of that, you can save up to €508 per year compared to our other supplier's standard rates. It means when you join our party, you know you're with the right one. Visit youknowenergy.ie. Comparing Uno discount fixed rate EAB €1,765 and the average of our other supplier standard rates as per CRU July EAB report. Supplier pricing may change. T's and C's apply. 
Tip FM Sport. Tipperary's Dermot Barron will miss Monster's URC meeting with last season's beaten finalists, the Stormers. The new in-hooker is following the return-to-play protocols this week, having suffered a head injury in Friday's defeat to Ulster. Bundy Aki will miss Connacht's upcoming United Rugby Championship games in South Africa due to a hamstring injury. Drummond Inch's Munster Senior Camogie semi-final will be played at the RAG this weekend. The reigning Munster champions and five-in-a-row winning tip champions take on Waterford side De La Salle on Sunday at 1.30 in a repeat of last year's last four clash, which Drum won by five points after extra time. In soccer, the Republic of Ireland squad will begin the build-up later to Saturday's concluding European Championship qualifier against the Netherlands. The biggest question mark is over the fitness of striker Evan Ferguson, who's had a scan on his hamstring and back. The teenager missed Brighton's game against Sheffield United at the weekend. In racing, the Aidan O'Brien-trained August Rodan, who won both the Irish and Epsom Derbies and the Breeders' Cup turf this year, will remain in training as a four-year-old next year. The Bally Doyle stable had the option to immediately retire the horse to stud. Tip FM weather. With Templemore Motors Toyota. Relax with a new service activated warranty. Extra peace of mind with every service. To find out more, call Templemore Motors 0504 31222. Blustery today with a mix of sunny spells and scattered showers. Some of those showers will be heavy and thundery. Highest temperatures of 10 to 12 degrees. It's 10 degrees in Boris Akane at the moment. That's your update for now. You can get more local stories via the Tip FM app or at tipfm.com. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat, and you're very welcome back to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. And we spoke to Derek Russell from Ross Gray on the show ahead of that public meeting that's happening there on Friday at the Muntinatira Hall to discuss several issues, indeed, in the town relating to antisocial behaviour and the like. Here's a little of what Derek had to say to me this morning, just after nine. People have been saying that, you know, these people coming into town, they're getting social welfare and whatever, and... But then they're going into town, into shops and just picking up stuff that they seem to think that's the way mm. the business is done, like. And, you know, you'd love just for someone from the department to come, come down and talk to a couple of different groups around the town and just explain and tell them, look, we're here if there's a problem, ring us. But there's nobody to ring. And is that your understanding that, you know, people come in in great numbers and they're kind of abandoned to their own devices then at that point, Derek? Is that well, your... it, would, it would look that way. And yeah. I was listening to your programme there last week and the people were on from Cashel. And yeah. by the sounds of it, it was something the same in Cashel. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same in other towns around the country. And, like, there needs to be clarification as well. 